How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Seminars, next seminar up August 12th through the 14th with a few spots left. After that, October 14th through the 16th and December 9th through the 11th. For camps on the list, we have a coaching development camp on October 1st in Columbus at Starring Strength Columbus covering how to coach the squat. For deadlift and power clean camps on the list in Indianapolis on August 20th with one spot left at the time of this recording. And then Houston, Texas at Starring Strength Houston on September 10th. A few squat and deadlift camps on the list with spots left. Bergen, Norway on August 21st. Beaverton, Oregon at Starring Strength Beaverton on August 27th. And Tulsa, Oklahoma on September 17th at Starring Strength Tulsa. Bunch of three-lift camps on the list. Greenville, South Carolina with one spot left at the time of this recording on August 27th. Then Orange County, California at the Strength Co. on September 24th. And then some new ones added to the list, Sandy, Utah on October 8th, and two camps added to Munich, Germany on October 15th and October 22nd. Both of those Munich camps have very limited spots, so if you're on the fence, don't delay. And as always, starting strength gyms continue to look for coaches, so if you're thinking about making a career move or want to be a professional coach, Make certain you head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, check out the coaching tab, fill out the form, and get connected with the freight train from Ukraine herself, Ina. Make a new friend, talk about some coaching career stuff, and just have a ball in general. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It is uh, another momentous, important podcast, as it is every week here at Starting Strength Radio. And today, our guest is Dr. Mike Whitmer. And uh, Dr. Whitmer is uh, the owner of Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic in St. Louis. And we're going to talk to Mike today about testosterone replacement therapy, what it is, what it is not, and a little bit of his background in terms of why he's a a good guy to ask about this kind of stuff, too. So, uh, Mike, I appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, Mike and I have been lifting weights a long time. And uh, I've been training for 45 years, and I suspect that Mike's probably close to that. Is that right? Yes, it is. And uh, so we've got some of uh, some of the same experiences with respect to uh, barbell training. And uh, I wanted to talk to Mike today about oh, just you know whatever comes to mind and stuff and uh let's just see what uh see what he can add to the discussion we've been having for about a year about this stuff and uh we'll just we'll just yak 
for a while. So you guys just sit back and enjoy the conversation. Mike, uh, again, I appreciate your time. Uh, what uh, uh, what is uh, Whitmer Rejuvenation Center do primarily? Let's just start with the present. We optimize hormones, uh, help people live life better and uh, live life to their fullest. I, as a 68-year-old guy, I've been on testosterone for quite a while now. And, uh, you know, for me, I competed in Olympic weightlifting in the 70s and the 80s at a fairly high level. And uh, back then, that meant uh, we were all taking anabolic steroids or, or you weren't at my level. Mm-hmm. Say you were in the sandbox with the uh, ninth place boys, so it was really no big deal. And uh, you know, at some point that stops. That all comes to an end. Life comes at you hard. Your marriage, family, kids. And uh, fortunately for me, uh, I started my son lifting weights when he was eleven years old, and he just took to it. And I got to train him and. He was an eight-time national champion. Yeah, Jeff's been a very good lifter for a long time. He, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Had a very good career, and uh, was very and was, well respected among all the yeah. lifters in Wichita Falls. We're all been all friends with him. Yeah, for a long he's, time. he's uh, friends with all those guys, and uh, yeah. that, that's been really the highlight uh, for me is just to watch him grow and develop and achieve what he's achieved. And, compete internationally against the top lifters in the world. And, but you know, as I got older, of course, I'm never going to stop lifting weights. I, I say I'll be squatting and, until I can no longer do a, an empty bar, and I'll probably <laughs> be dead shortly thereafter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to do it to the bitter end. And, you know, the aging process, uh, you know, with, with uh, what we do, those are cold, hard numbers. And as things start to decline over the years and it turns into a, a monthly PR, uh, <laughs> you're not going to be scoring 660 anymore. And right. uh, you just uh, you do the best you can, but uh, it's hard. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you're getting older and you're like, okay, it gets to the point that this really sucks. And how am I doing? And I still... I don't know what other men do, but you kind of look around at other older guys and uh, size yourself up. And I think I could yeah. take that guy in a fair fight. Uh, that guy doesn't look like he could get uh, his head off his head. He's fat and he's skinny. You know, well, that, you and I are, I like to say that you and I are training to stave off death. <laughs> That's our primary motivation at this yeah. point. Not not really because we like to train anymore because, you know, everything hurts. But uh, what are you going to do? Not train? No, you can't do that. That's not an option. So we not train. Enough. And uh, uh, and I guess the one of the benefits to having an attitude like that is that we get to look around at the other guys in their mid-60s and say to ourselves, man, at least, at least I'm not him. Yeah. <laughs> You know, my knees hurt, but at least I'm not that guy. You know? Yeah. And uh, it doesn't feel good while I'm training, but I do feel better later for yeah. having done so. Well, uh, and I can't imagine what it would feel like 
to just stop. You know, here in three months, having not trained, having stopped training like I've been doing for 45 years, what am I going to feel like in three months if I quit training? Probably not good. I'm adapted to the – I mean, I've got, I've got to do it. It's not something I necessarily want to do, but it's something that I have to do, and that's the deal I've made with myself. And, uh, you know, the, the testosterone is a real important part of this because as we get older and our hormonal milieu – as the exercise physiologists refer to it, uh, becomes uh, less and less optimum. It gets harder to recover. Now, it gets harder to recover anyway, whether you're replacing testosterone or not. It's harder to recover when you're in your middle 60s than it was when you were in your middle 20s. It's, it's, when I look back on the workload I could handle back when I was 25 years old, it just frightens me. It. Uh, I, I remember one Sunday afternoon, Mike. I was doing squat. I did. I did four oh five for three sets of ten squats, and then when I got through training, I ran six miles. Now that's what a young man can do. No, I never ran six miles in my life. Yeah, no, I. I must confess, I was guilty yeah. of running six miles quite quite frequently star you know i trained with star and star wanted to go run so i went and ran with him but it was uh yeah that, that's what you're capable of when you're 26 when you're 66 uh it's a whole different situation and uh and uh it's the conversation we're going to have today is, is extremely important to those of you guys who are over the age of 40, 45, you need to pay attention to what we're going to tell you. Because uh, the thing that uh, can make the difference between you enjoying your last four decades of life and you're just wadding up into a little ball like most of the old men you know uh, can very well be testosterone replacement therapy, hormone optimization. So, Mike, tell us, uh, tell us how you approach this problem. Well, we do uh, thorough blood work on everybody before we start. Our approach is a little different in that while we do use labs, uh, not just for overall health purposes, but we are obviously going to check testosterone. And we look at the numbers, we look at the ranges, and I do that because it uh, it does give us some direction as to what options we have. Mm -hmm. However, you know, I always tell people, I say, you know, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth because we're looking at these numbers here. But if somebody's talking to me, they're not happy, or their wife's not happy, or or if it's a woman, you know, she's not happy with her body, with her fitness, or sex life, what have you, but there's a reason people just don't come to us for no reason. So they're having symptoms. Right. And I'll say, look, um, we look at these numbers and uh, I've got a number in my head that I think you'll feel good if we get your testosterone too. But 
what we do is we optimize hormones based more on the results, uh, goals, expectations, if you will. If you want to say symptoms, you can go ahead and say that. But that's always going to override a number. Right. And this is a terribly important thing for you guys to understand. Those of you who have been to uh, your GP, your family practice physician, uh, you've, you've heard us talk about testosterone replacement. You've got a, some guy that you see when you get a snotty nose and stuff, and you went to him and you, you said, you know, I think my testosterone is low. I think I want to, I want to, I want to try some testosterone. And, and what he's going to say is, well, let's, let's take your, uh, let's do your labs and, uh, we'll draw blood and see where you are. And, uh, and, uh, they do that, and then he calls you on the phone two or three days later and says, "Well, we we pulled your pulled your uh, testosterone numbers, and your uh, uh, your total testosterone is like three fifteen, so that puts you uh, within the reference range of normal. So you're normal. So uh, you're uh, uh, not really uh, eligible." you know, for, for testosterone replacement therapy because your numbers are blah, blah, blah. Now, this is what will happen 99.98% of the time when you talk to a family practice physician because they don't know anything about this, all right? And we talked to, to Keith Nichols about this, too, uh, about – the tyranny of the reference range. Uh, the reference range is a lab value that uh, the manufacturers of the testing equipment apply to uh, whatever parameter they are measuring with the test. There's a reference range for all these values. Reference range for total cholesterol and CPK and AST and all these other values that are that are measured on a standard panel. There's a reference range for testosterone. The reference range for testosterone, as I understand it, is an average of the reference uh, of the testosterone totals of about 500 guys. It's an average. It's not, it is not optimal anything. It is average. And if you want to be within the averages that's real easy to be you know but you didn't go to the doctor because you wanted to be average again you went to the doctor because you are sensing that something is wrong and it was as a result of that if he applies the analysis of average to you then you're not going to get any help from the guy. And I'm telling you, it's a waste of time to go to your GP or for that matter, an endocrinologist. If you've got an endocrinologist in mind, if you go to an endocrinologist, endocrinologists deal with diabetes. That's what they do. And if you go to, to an individual such as this for help with, uh, things that should be taken care of by a hormone optimization specialist like Dr. Whitmer, then you, you are wasting your time. And uh, I'm sure 
Mike, I'm sure you've got some stories. Oh. Oh, God. Rip, rip uh, every day. Yes. I get this uh, almost exactly what you said. I'll, I'll give you an extreme example. This is it makes me very sad because uh, you know, these are people's lives and marriages yeah. and relationships. So this is a guy who uh, didn't show up. And I spent an hour with people on the first visit consultation. And, you know, it aggravates me because I've got work to do. I could do something else, but we could have seen somebody. This guy just didn't show up, didn't call, didn't cancel. It happens. Uh, two weeks yeah. later, a woman calls and uh, and he will be there. And we were laughing. Uh, <laughs> the, the medical assistant that took the call, she's like, yeah, we already know this story. Yeah. You know, this guy, he's 45. He's starting to slow down. She probably thinks he's having an affair. She's not happy. Well, when... Uh, he wishes he was up, having an affair. <laughs> yeah, well, she's not seeing any action. He wishes so, he was interested enough to have an affair. Oh. Well, <laughs> when they showed up, I... I'd walked by, I could kind of see through the hallway into the waiting room, and this was a young guy. As it turned out, he was 26 years old, and uh, this was his girlfriend, and she was wearing a yellow cocktail dress at 2 o'clock in a suburb of Creve Corps, Missouri. <laughs> and uh, when we, we sit down at a table, and I've got a screen up with their labs and everything, and and she was just, you know, looking at me and sitting right across, looking me right in the eye. I'm looking at her. You know, and I'm back then I was, what, 64? And I'm thinking, you're a 64-year-old professional. Shut up, right? You know, because you know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not you. You know, it's not you. No, the problem is not her. No. no. Well, so here's the guy sitting next to her. So I, I look over to him. I said, okay, so so what's up, man? And, of course, that's what's not up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and this was a guy he lifted. Uh, he was a pretty thick guy. He was a, a little doughy, but I could tell, that, well, this guy lifts. And he said, well, said, uh, I've always been in shape. I work out. Uh, last two years, uh, I, I've my lifts are down, my strength's down, I'm tired all the time. I've gained about 15 pounds, but it's all fat. And, uh, and she's just glaring at him. And uh, Ivani says, and I have no sex drive. <laughs> you know, she looks back at me, you know, and I'm looking at her and I'm looking at him. This guy had gone to his GP and his testosterone was 255. <laughs> the, the range for Quest, and you alluded to it, was is 250 to 1100. The doctor and they told keep him, changing it down too. Well, yes. yeah, insurance companies are behind yes. that, I'm sure. Yes. So the doctor told him, and this is really upsetting. He told him that he was fine, that he was within the normal range, that he did not need testosterone, <laughs> that he was depressed. And he offered him an antidepressant. Yes, in fact, <laughs> here we are. So, yeah, I'm sure he went back to tell his girlfriend, and I can only imagine that she just probably blew a gasket. Uh, and she's like, yeah, you're not depressed, you asshole. You're dating me. 
you know, guys dating me are thrilled. They're not depressed. <laughs> I mean, this girl was very, very so this so this girl was hot, right? You know, if, you know, if she wanted a date, she would have had one before she hit the parking lot walking out of our office building. Right, right. Um, one of those. Where she was sitting with this guy. So I, I looked at them and I I tell almost everybody that they're not sick. You know, that you know, we're getting older and we're slowing down. We're, you know, this is an option. It's an elective. But when I look at a 26-year-old guy, and there's plenty of others that would, you know, have similar stories, and you know, that's that's not healthy. No, you know, no, no, it's not. not. When you're 26. No. God, I remember being 26. Yeah. I was a dangerous motherfucker when I was 26. I'm telling you. Yeah, but dangerous. Know, and these guys that. They do whatever they do. They they continue to be fat and tired, and uh, if they are taking antidepressants, the side effects of those. When really, you, you take a forty-something-year-old guy, uh, he gets on testosterone, he has energy. Uh, almost all of our guys lift. Uh, I strongly encourage that, and uh, you know they lose some uh, lose some belly fat, gain some muscle, and their libido's up relationships are better well guess what they're not depressed anymore i'd be no. depressed if i was tired and fat had no libido and, and my wife was upset with me I'd and be i was 26 <laughs> yeah. you know, even if, at 50 i'd be depressed right you know, but sure. oh my god I, I don't know what i can't imagine uh at that age but still it's it's surprised me over the years the uh, younger people we see uh obviously we see a lot of guys you know 50s and 60s, but uh, 20s, 30s, I expect 40s too. That's. I used to think everybody over 60 should probably be on testosterone. Mm-hmm. Then I thought, yeah, 50. Then I yeah. thought well, maybe 40. Maybe 40, right? <laughs> you know, or I was 38. Earlier than I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think that. Uh, one of the and and I've discussed this on this podcast several times, and I I just don't think it can be stated often enough or loudly enough that the primary effects of testosterone on on an older guy who is low the primary effects of testosterone are psychological. This is. This is uh, this is just uh, a thing that uh, you guys have got to understand. If you are a 52-year-old guy and some quack doctor has got you on Zoloft, you this is I, – I, it's, it's so fucking frustrating to me. Because I've had so much personal experience with my friends and me getting them to try some testosterone, having uh, had an experience with SSRIs like Zoloft and Prozac and this all this this horrible shit that they have invented to fix depression, you know, and uh, having talk them into trying some testosterone and 72 hours later 
everything is different. Now, this is hard to, it, it's hard to make most people understand this. It really is. But 72 hours after a dose of enough testosterone, your brain is different. Now, Mike can't say that, probably. And if I were Mike, I wouldn't say that either. But I'm telling you that that's the case. And it's a profound, acute response to a chronic problem that you guys have been having. And it's something you need to think about. An interesting thing uh, was posted today. Uh, We are, just so you people will know, we're recording this ahead of time. We're recording this on on Thursday, the 21st of July. And today, a piece appeared in the Daily Mail. Uh, It was a, 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 you know how they do these stories that are, that are uh, uh, basically reviewing review articles. Uh, so the review article was published in uh, the Journal of Molecular Psychiatry, which is, I'm guessing, about a second-tier journal. And it is uh, uh, regarding the effects of SSRIs. And these guys looked at a whole bunch of data and arrived at the astonishing conclusion that uh, – Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors don't really fix depression. All right. Now, this is shocking, isn't it? This is absolutely shocking to me. Because this is something we've known for a very long time. Uh, if, you, if you're taking Zoloft because you don't feel happy, and it, it's probably occurred to you after having taken Zoloft for a couple of years, and enriching the Pfizer Corporation immeasurably in the process, that you don't feel any happier than you did before you started on Zoloft, do you? Because the absence of Zoloft was not your problem. Boys and girls, the absence of Zoloft is never a problem. But Could it possibly be that a 52-year-old guy is feeling the absence of the testosterone that he had grown used to having on board? And that when you replace some of that testosterone, that now he'll feel like he did, you know, back in the day, as they say? Well, Mike, you know, if you don't want to comment on that, I understand, but I'm, I'm... I'm telling you guys, uh, this is the, 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 there are cracks in the wall developing, okay? Pfizer makes a hell of a bunch of money selling SSRIs. And lots and lots of other pharmaceutical companies make a hell of a bunch of money from your GP putting you on an SSRI instead of just trying some testosterone. Because, all right, here's... Here's, here's the difference in these two things. What are the potential side effects of SSRIs versus the potential side effects of testosterone? Mike, you care to weigh in on that? That's fairly benign, isn't it? Uh, you know, I got to tell you this. This happened this week. 
I get a portal message through our electronic records that uh, one of our guys, uh, he's on something. I can't remember what he's taking, and he sees a psychiatrist. <laughs> and uh, he contacted us, and uh, his psychiatrist thinks that his testosterone is interfering with his psych drugs. <laughs> and, uh, and he wants... Oh, fuck. Are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, I, oh, God. you think you've seen it all, but you just haven't. And no, he, he wanted uh, he wanted him to contact us so we could wean him off. And uh, I'm like, okay. So and I've got to be careful here. So, no, I understand you do. I I uh, called him up and I told him I said that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. However, yes. What I'm going to say to you is you should listen to your doctor. You know, I'm not getting in the middle of that between him and his doctor. No, you can't. I trust. I'm only vaguely familiar with these things. Uh, I've got my opinion that I, there's, they, I know some people really do need them, but most I don't think by far. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, you know what I would do if I was you? Contact your psychiatrist and tell him. Ask him how he wants you to take your testosterone. And then if we can help you down the road, just let us know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, fact, you will. And he will, you know, too. Yeah, I think so. Well, I started off the phone call. I said, so, I saw a portal message. I just wanted to see how you doing. Oh, I'm feeling great. You are? Okay. Uh, however, there is some hope. Uh I go to uh, Neil Ruzier's programs. Uh, I've gone through all of his, and I, I, I think he's just uh, a huge, huge force here. And, and, and I meet a lot of people, and I'm having lunch uh, at a. It's a group lunch. I'm sitting next to a psychiatrist, a woman, and I look at her. I said, "So, what do you, what do you do?" And she said, "She's a psychiatrist." I said, oh, "A psychiatrist," and you're at a. You're at a hormone conference, and she kind of smiled. Um, <laughs> I said, All right, I said, "Look, I'll tell you what's going on. Tell me if I'm wrong." So you've been treating guys, and you treat these guys. Let's say they're in their forties, and they're they're tired, and they're fat, and they're there's no they're not having any sex drive, and and they're unhappy. Their wife's unhappy, and and you put them on whatever medications you put them on, and that's what you do, and you manage them. And now some of these guys over the years, they're now coming back and they're all of a sudden they're doing really good. And you find out, well, what's going on? Well, they've been going to a TRT clinic in town. And you're thinking, hmm, maybe I should just cut out the middleman and I'll put them on the hormones. And there have been a number of psychiatrists good. at Ruthie's classes and courses that are treating psychiatric problems, whatever that is, with hormones, men good. and women. Well, so, good, 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 hope. good, good. That just, yeah. it's taken a long enough time, hasn't it? But, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you, they have to be dragged kicking and screaming to the realization that yeah. uh, an SSRI does not necessarily belong there, but the hormones do. And, uh, I think it's just absolutely fascinating that the primary objection that those guys have to the suggestion that they should 
treat, you know, 42-year-old men with uh, testosterone instead of Zoloft is that there is no evidence that testosterone um, treats these problems. There's no evidence that it works. Well, and there's not going to be any evidence if nobody does it. But here is the primary rub I've got with this. And, I, you know, the, uh, why don't you just try it and see what happens? What is the downside of going into the drug locker and getting 300 milligram of testosterone cypionate in a syringe and sticking it in the guy's ass and tell him to call you in four days? What's the downside of that? I mean, has anyone ever died of a testosterone overdose? I mean, has anyone ever said the words testosterone overdose in the same sentence before I just did? No. There's no such thing as, a, as an acute overdose of a hormone, of any hormone. Unless it's a peptide hormone, of course, but I, you know, there's no, uh, of a, a cholesterol-based hormone, there's no such thing as an acute overdose of these things. You could probably take a gram of testosterone. I mean, if you could stand it, you know, it's, that's a hell of a big injection site. But a, you know, a gram of testosterone, and be just fine. Because that's not the way anabolic, catabolic, fat-based hormones work. That's not what they do. And their objection is there's no evidence for it. Well, you know, you've got these people showing up at, at hormone seminars. There's apparently some evidence somewhere. It, whether it's a controlled trial or not, that doesn't this not all evidence comes in the form of controlled trials. Now I hate to break that to you Bachelor of Science candidates that uh, you know there are other forms of evidence besides uh, randomized controlled trials. Uh, but uh, but Mike, I mean, what is the reluctance on part of these people? To just try the try the testosterone. I think a couple of things. I for starters, there's there's no interest in it, and none of this is taught at any school. So, and and what they are taught is that how bad testosterone is for us. Oh yeah. And uh, you've got confirmation bias. It's it's very hard to move off of uh, what you were first taught because that means you've been wrong for a, a while or maybe a long time. And that's hard to admit, but they have no training. They have no experience. They have no desire. Uh, they were told what they were told in school and that's the way it's going to be. Uh, to me, I've, you know, evidence-based practice, uh, 
it's got three legs, the wants, needs, desires of the patient, the best available evidence in the literature, and then the last one, which is, I think, the in the scientific community anyway, the least valued is the uh, experience of the clinician. Yes. Now, and it, yes. I, to me, I could read something, and uh, Rousier's tremendous at breaking down uh, research articles and pointing out how wrong they are. But, uh, you know, I'm not that smart. But uh, after he goes through it, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I, but I'm going to read something. But if I've got a thousand guys telling me they're getting this experience, what am I going to believe? Yeah, I'm right. going to believe what I see. Right. And what uh, I hear you know, or, you know, I read from strangers. You, you, you hear from the science worshipers all the time, the scientism holds that a million anecdotes is still not evidence. Now, if you are stupid enough to believe that, uh, I don't know what to do with you. You know, a million anecdotes is goddamn sure evidence. It certainly is. There are other types of information through which we can acquire understanding other than randomized controlled trials. Now, uh, I think it's even more basic than this, though. The, the people who run most doctor's offices, at least in, in the American market, are the drug reps. And the drug reps show up. She's a nice-looking girl. She's got on a blue dress with a plunging neckline. She brings in lunch for the staff, and uh, she pets the doctor on the head and pets the office manager on the head and 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 in the sweetest way possible she asks uh that you guys write her product and uh, and since Pfizer doesn't make testosterone and since uh testosterone's off patent if it was ever even on patent. And since nobody makes any money writing testosterone, then, you know, if you're one of the 95% of the doctors in the United States whose office is run by the drug reps, then that's what's going to happen. Now, I hate to be, uh, oh, what's the word, Mike? Uh, cynical. But, uh, but that's well, a fact. Uh, everybody watches TV. You can't get through an hour of TV without seeing multiple commercials for uh, pharmaceutical products. That's one of the, I guess, genius things they did in terms of marketing. They, yes. took, their, they took their source, they went right to the source. And, uh, you know, you see a, you know, a woman in a rain, it's a rainy day. She doesn't have her hair done or doesn't have any makeup on. She's, the room's dark. She's got a blanket over her head, and she's there with her cat, and and she's depressed. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, 
she's been given Cymbalta and uh, she's out in a, a beautiful colored dress and a, right. a field of flowers on a sunny day running well, through with the butterflies. and With that faint yeah. smile on her face. Yeah. That and, faint uh, you smile. Know, you know it these, by heart. All these, all these unhappy people are sitting there going, I want to be that person. And they go yeah. to their doctor. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine told me, he's a GP, he said the first month Viagra came out, he said he had 300 guys come in his office wanting it. Because <laughs> they marketed it to the public, you know, right. before it even well, came out. Do, People couldn't wait. Uh, brilliant, brilliant business strategy, no doubt. But they, you know, they, they, you know, doctors don't like it when the patient comes in and tells them, here's what I want. You yeah. just, you know, fill the order. You know. Right, right. Order takers, yeah. like they're ordering lunch. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it. Would have to be said that Pfizer and all these other companies are uh, ahead of the curve on marketing. Yeah, uh, they have gotten some really, really good advice about how to influence uh, potential customers for these for these chemical products that they manufacture and uh you know it's uh it's just a hell of a deal but here in 2022 uh, simple straightforward approaches to to things are circumvented by marketing it, it really is uh I mean, testosterone fixes depression most of the time in men. And testosterone fixes depression lots of the time in women. But, no, we have a whole nother class of pharmaceuticals we're gonna, that don't actually do anything for these symptoms that we're going to use instead because that's where the money is, Right. I mean, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. We've just gone through the most hellish two years in recent memory. And we have been asked to pretend that ivermectin doesn't do anything to COVID-19. And that is patently false patently false but nonetheless here we are and here is uh you know the transformation of of global society into uh obedient slaves and uh, if one of the people telling you to obey is pfizer well what you're going to do i guess <laughs> so uh well it's common sense uh, yeah i guess people can live their lives as they see fit but to me it's pretty basic you uh you you eat your protein uh you do some strength training and uh take your testosterone it's pretty much uh, boils it's, down to those elements it, it, there it does in fact it's it really is that simple you know, you're going to die of something eventually. Uh, but 
with this approach, it'll be probably uh, uh, some horrible cancer or a car wreck and not suicide, huh? Yeah. Uh, Mike, earlier you mentioned Neil Rousier. Uh, tell us about about his work in this. Well, he owns WorldLink Medical, and he's trained thousands of doctors in uh, hormone optimization. Uh, I think the guy's a genius. He would flat out deny that. But uh, I don't know if there's anybody in the country that's had more influence on more people and indirectly more lives than Dr. Rousier. And I, I caught on to him years ago and was motivated to do this. And uh, thankfully, I did. I read his book and I, I watch all his podcasts he puts on his website. He makes available for doctors. I go to his conferences and I do many of them uh, virtually now. When COVID started, that's the way we had to go. But uh, I, I, he's a, a good source. Well, I'm, I'm glad he's. Uh, I'm glad he's, he's still going too. Yeah, he's still going. Good. How old is the guy? I don't know. Uh, I want to kind of want to ask him. I I guess I could find out if I really. Uh, part of me is I'm afraid he's a lot older than he looks. <laughs> and I don't want him to go anywhere. Yeah. But uh, this guy powers through. Uh, you know, full days. He starts at eight in the morning and he takes a break for lunch and, uh, you know, breaks every hour or so. But uh, he'll go right up till six o'clock on Friday and Saturday. And then he goes uh, early in the morning till one o'clock on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I don't, he's, he goes strong too. It's just, it, it's uh, a lot of material that is definitely not boring. It's some of the best stuff yeah. I've ever read to. Maybe we could get him on the podcast one of these days. That'd be interesting to talk oh, to yeah. him. Yeah, uh, I'd like to get his perspective on on uh, how this uh, industry is being driven. Uh, uh, it's I think it's very important that uh, there are available now uh, places to go that are that are where you can get. Uh, testosterone replacement therapy and other kinds of other kinds of treatment that are separate from your uninformed family practice physician and uh it's yeah, word of mouth's you, a great thing really it's word of mouth yes well that's how it's that's how it's progressing you know you guys don't advertise and uh I, I guess it's just not necessary, but uh, we are uh, damned happy that you're that you're here doing this. Uh, what would be, uh, let's say, the typical presentation for a, a new patient for you? What uh, what do you typically see on that first visit, and uh, what are the typical labs you see and What's the typical treatment you offer? Okay. Uh, we look at some basic health items. We check their lipids, look at a, get a complete metabolic panel, CBC. We want to see where their cholesterol numbers are, which uh, interestingly enough, many times those improve with testosterone. It's, uh, they do. 
we've had a number of guys go off metformin and statin drugs once they got on testosterone. Uh, we look at a lot of the hormones, obviously free and total testosterone, estradiol, you know, for the women, uh, progesterone. We look at uh, insulin-like growth factor one, DHEA. We look at the thyroid, the TSH and free T and uh, free T3 and free T4. Uh, PSA with the guys, we checked that. Vitamin D, uh, the, uh, interestingly, the range for vitamin D is three to 100. Half the people we see are below, uh, not three, 30. Uh, half the people we see are below 30. And it doesn't matter half. where they live, half. Uh, if they work outside, construction workers here in St. Louis, people in Texas, California, Florida, 90% are below 40. If I think in the last year and a half, I've seen three people over 50 that were not taking a supplemental vitamin D. <laughs> and, wow. uh, you know, that's such an easy thing to do. Just get that vitamin D level at least to the mid to upper mid range. And uh, it has a lot of health benefits that I think are underappreciated. Uh, you know, there's some... Uh, probably, I would say, weaker association or correlation type studies with vitamin D and the COVID virus as well. I think the first one I saw came out of France uh, shortly after this started a little over two years ago, but they just found people in the hospital that had uh, lower vitamin D levels had uh, increased risk of mortality and uh, longer hospital stays. Right. But, I've, I've seen you know, that stuff, yeah. inverse correlation between yeah. vitamin D and level of level of sickness with covid that yeah, was, they don't yeah, really that was two look, years ago they, they yeah they, that they don't look into that real well of course uh in our country the cure for covid is is not going to be cheap we have the uh pharmaceutical industry and the federal government involved so oh, yeah. uh it's, it's not going to be something as simple as uh diet and lifestyle which uh of course has a huge impact on our health but mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, those that's the uh, that's our pretty much what we do. We have the labs done before uh, I meet with them, and then uh, we go through their goals, their symptoms, overall health history, family history, surgeries, medications, things uh, that they uh, may be taking through other doctors, and then we look at their labs, and I go through everything in pretty much detail, maybe maybe more than some of them want to hear. I know, especially some of the guys, you know, I can kind of, you know, they, they want to go to the gym and they got a date tonight. So give me my testosterone. Let me go. But uh, <laughs> I want everybody to have a thorough understanding of what their options are and uh, how this is helpful for them. So they can make an informed decision as to what they want to do. One of the things that I do kind of like about it is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I tell almost everybody they're not sick. Uh, you know, just getting older, but uh, there's it's up to them. You know, they can do this. They don't have to do it. It's lifestyle choice, and uh, right. that's exactly what it is with me. Uh, this is the way I want to live my life out. And uh, you know, I I tell these guys and uh, even the women, I you know, if a, if a bad guy wants to take a wallet from uh, an old man at a parking lot after dark, he's probably not going to pick me. You know, I'm six feet and 225 pounds, and there's easier guys out there. He may get mine, right. of course, but uh, 
everybody thinks they're tougher than they are. But uh, <laughs> you know, he, he may get mine, but I, I there's easier guys out there. You know? Right. Uh, and that's just the way I want to be. You know, nobody would look at me and be amazed, but they would look at me and think, eh, looks like that old bastard still works out. Yeah. And, well, and, uh, you know what's interesting is that uh, I don't think enough has been uh, made of the distinction between being treated with uh, a program of hormone optimization versus being treated with an antibiotic. <coughs> there, it's it, it's yeah. two different things. It's two different things. You've got a situation where, on the one hand, you have a bunch of uh, chronic uh, chemistry going on in, uh, in your body. Perfectly normal chronic chemistry. Things that changed over time. Yep. That, as they change, change your hormonal milieu and the resulting... Uh, uh, you know, perfectly natural circumstances that you find yourself in versus a bacterial infection. We, we add things to both of you people, but they do completely different things. And the lay public doesn't, I don't think they can, they appreciate the difference between these two things. Now, if somebody comes to your office and they're coughing up green shit. Uh, your first concern is not going to be their testosterone level today. It's 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 it's, it's going to be the green shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds to me like you might ought to start off with some azithromycin. Let's try some of that first, and then let's get that under control, and then. When you're not quite so sick, we're going to pull some blood and see where your testosterone levels are. But there, it's it's two different things, and the lay public seems to not be able to always draw the distinction between two different types of medical interventions. You know, I I don't even think of it as a, a medical like medication. Right. When we, I know they're prescription items and. Hell, testosterone's a, a controlled substance in our country, but that's silly. But that's our government. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's not a drug; it's a natural hormone that we are supposed to have that we make in our own bodies naturally. And all we're doing is we're giving you more of something that you're supposed to have anyway. You know, we're not giving them a drug or a medication, even though it is a, a pharmaceutical product, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, so a, very much a different perspective. Uh, I think that's important. You, I think you made a really good point there. Yeah, we've got uh, testosterone cypionate is uh, the cyprionic acid salt of the, uh, uh, the hormone testosterone. And it's a it's a corticosteroid hormone, and the cypionate radical is added to it to keep it stable in the oil suspension. All right, so it's manufactured. That's true, but it is the same hormone that you're manufacturing yourself. And uh, you know, one of the 
anytime somebody has a good idea, uh, some body is going to come along and uh, and try to game that idea. So we've got the thing now: bioidentical hormone replacement. What in the fuck is? <laughs> <laughs> Who dreamed that up, and what the hell are they talking about? I think they're making the distinction between the synthetic pharmaceutical hormones and then the uh, compounded or the exact molecule that we make naturally. And I think it started with uh, female, the estrogen and progesterones, that uh, they started treating menopausal women with uh, decades ago that were synthetic hormones. I, probably the most popular one back in the day was Premarin, which is uh, conjugated equine estrogens. It's actually made from the urine of pregnant mares, and then they tweak it a little bit, and mm -hmm. uh, they use it uh, for women with menopause symptoms, and it helped with those. and. It also caused some other problems that uh, the the bioidentical hormones, which are very similar, well, they're the same as what we make naturally, don't have those effects. So I think it's to distinguish between those. Um, it's but just I mean, testosterone cypionate is bioidentical because once it right once it goes into the ejection site, it dissociates into. And it's that that's the same test, testosterone molecule your testicles right. used to make more of. Right. At some point, right. hopefully. Yeah. But bioidentical, that sounds so genuine. It sounds so uh, inherently good, right? <laughs> yeah, your, well, your body can't tell the difference. No, you, between no, the two. can't tell the difference because, it's the, because testosterone is testosterone. Right. This is how uh, testosterone, I think, uh, gets somewhat of a bad rap because testosterone is an anabolic steroid, and uh, you know we know anabolic steroids in the in the di dictionary definition of the term. Yes, yeah. it's an anabolic steroid. It's a steroid hormone that is that produces anabolic effects in the human body. So it's technically an anabolic steroid, but. Pharmaceutically, an anabolic steroid is something like methandrostenolone, right. uh, which is the, 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 the testosterone molecule that's had things added to it that enable it to be ingested orally and, observe, and absorbed intact from the digestive system. Now, when I say... And when Mike says anabolic steroids, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about orals. We're talking about dianabol and anavar and winstrol and things like that. Anadrol 50, those things are what we would consider to be anabolic steroids. But technically speaking, testosterone is an anabolic substance, and it is a steroid hormone. But uh, and anabolic steroids are not bioidentical they're not naturally occurring they've been tweaked so that they can be administered orally that's the difference between an injectable testosterone cypionate or propionate and and dianabol they're they're different in that respect but they have 
similar effects, and that's why they're used for the basically the same things. And and testosterone is guilty by association. Yes. Yes. So the general medical community knows anabolic steroids are harmful. They're not good for your lipids. They can affect your kidney and liver function, and they're they have dangerous side effects, especially taken at the doses that guys do. And testosterone's an anabolic steroid, so therefore. Testosterone right. does the same thing, but that's right. just the exact opposite. Is it's true. wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Yeah. You've got yeah. GPs running around telling everybody that testosterone causes prostate cancer. You've got them running around telling everybody that testosterone will increase your blood pressure and it causes heart disease and elevate your serum cholesterol as though those are related. You're supposed to know better than that. It's 2022, okay? But all these people running around saying all these stupid things that are patently false. That's what they've been told. That's what they've been told. And they, you know, hell, they were told by another doctor. And after all, he is a doctor, right? It's a... uh, I, you know, I don't know. We can we can do this podcast over and over and over again, and every time we do it, we reach a few more people. But the the medical community in general has never been afraid to opine on things with absolute certainty that they know absolutely nothing about. And this is a real good example of that, right? If your GP tells you, oh, no, <laughs> testosterone, you know, you get prostate cancer, get another GP because that's not the only thing he's wrong about, all right? Don't listen to people. God almighty. Mike, we've got a, we've got a girl in the gym here. Uh, I'd say girl because she's younger than me, but uh, – this 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 lady's forty two years old, forty three years old. She's presented last year with profound osteopenia, not quite osteoporosis, but she was headed in that direction. And uh, her doctor, her GP, uh, had 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 her do a DEXA scan, and all the values came back indicating bone mineral loss and um and so they sent her to she ended up they did send her to us but she ended up with us and we've got her squat and the deadlift and present bench and all the stuff and uh and now uh there are uh she's had a couple of subsequent tests none that the show that her bone mineral is uh, back where it's supposed to be. And she was at the doctor a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and this, this ridiculous woman uh, refused to order her another DEXA scan. She had told her that she didn't want her doing barbell training, that it was dangerous. And that, uh, uh, she was going to get hurt, and uh, 
And and now uh, this this girl has gained about 15, 20 pounds. She was terrible looking, uh, you know, bones sticking out of her back and stuff And previously. And now she's just, she just looks so good. Oh, my God. And it's just like night and day. And she feels better and she carries herself differently. And everything after 10 months is everything's improved radically. And she wanted another DEXA scan. And this woman refused to order it for her. Refused to order the DEXA scan. And what was fascinating is that, and uh, let me make sure I get this right. Uh, she found another we have a, a guy in the in the gym that is capable of doing this had ordered a DEXA scan for her. He sent that order to the lab. One of the people in the lab has noticed that her primary care physician had refused to order this DEXA scan for her and refused to fill the second doctor's order for the DEXA scan. Now, I don't understand why this particular GP would be so terrified of learning about an improvement in her patient's bone mineral density. Is she running it through insurance? I'm quite sure she is, yes. That may be it. The insurance company doesn't want it, doesn't want to pay for it. Only allow them every I, so often. But I don't know. Here's what I told her. I told her I would pay for the DEXA scan. Yeah, they're not that expensive. No, they're not. They're not expensive. I told her I would pay for the DEXA scan. So that can't be it. I offered to pay for it myself. Oh, and they still wouldn't do and it. And they still wouldn't do it. So I don't know. You know, it's, it's, I, don't think it has anything to do with insurance. I think it has to do with not wanting to know whether or not your recommendations were correct. I think that's what it is. And, uh, well, you, uh, you know, the that. medical community continues to disappoint me. I'm sure that's a, I'm sure that's, that's terrible for them, but they, uh, <laughs> They continue to disappoint me so often, and I know you're frustrated with it too because this is the kind of thing that you have to deal with every day. Uh, every woman should be squatting, putting a weight over her head. Absolutely. It's just, and you know what? If they don't want to squat, or okay, just stand there with the weight on your back at least. Right. Yeah, that axial compression will help with their spine and their hips. It's it's, it's better than nothing, and obviously right. squatting would be better. But, uh, uh, my God, I hate to hear stuff like that. But, well, you know what? You know you know she's okay. Sure. Oh, yeah. she's uh, she's she's yeah. just doing great. She's enjoying the hell out of the program, enjoying being stronger. Notices the difference in her daily activities. And, you know, well, knows she looks better. She's just happy as a clam, are, you know. And it's, uh, younger people are harder to kill. Yeah, weak people in general. I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah, in fact, that is true. That is in yeah. fact true. They're more youthful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I I don't. Uh, I I'm just. Uh, 
I'm disappointed that uh, and, and and this girl is not uh, the fact that her doctor uh, behaved in this way is not lost on her. She's uh, she's she's out of there, and uh, we'll be seeing a different doctor in the future. Yeah. But this is uh, this is this is the kind of thing that uh we run into at the gym all the time and that you run into every time somebody comes in your office and says that my my gp wouldn't give me any testosterone because i'm 255 and that's normal i mean at where do you where on your desk is there a place where you have not slammed your head 15 times and gotten a dent in the damn thing where on your desk could you slam your head in a new place now? And there's not any place because this is tiresome and it's old and there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for people charging money for bad advice like that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, uh, I am, uh, uh, I'm just glad that, uh, you guys are there because you're helping a whole bunch of people. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I hope they don't change. Because <laughs> yep, that's sending business to you. The more business we can send to you, the better. Yeah. In yeah. fact, where let me. How do we get a hold of you? How do if people want to talk to you? How do we get a hold of? Probably you? the website. Uh, I my son handles all this. Uh, WhitmerRejuvenationClinic.com. And it's Whitmer W I T T M E R. All one. All run together, rejuvenationclinic.com. And I've got to confess, I haven't even looked at the website in a long time. Well, you're <laughs> busy with okay. looking at other shit, so it's yeah, I'm you more know, interested. You're excused. That's what that's what Jeff is for. So yeah, he does a great job. Good. So uh, you can contact uh, Mike through uh, Whitmer Rejuvenation clinic or center clinic clinic.com and uh if you're curious about what they do they're very reasonable these guys are not trying to ass rape anybody in terms of the money it's just a they're running an honest business and uh and i think you'll be impressed with the way they handle your your uh your your business your, your patient relationship with them uh Anything else we've missed, Mike? Oh, shoot. We can go more hours, several more hours, but no, it's a good overview. It's Well, we'll yeah. just start there, and we'll figure out something to talk about next time. All right. So I appreciate uh, appreciate your time today, Mike. Oh, we've been yeah. with Mike Whitmer. This is fun. Today. This is and, fun. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's important. To, uh, people need to hear all this. We are improving people's lives when they when – they, get fixed right when they get yeah. fixed you don't have a disease you are getting older and you don't have to suffer the consequences unless you just want to now some of you may be independence for some kind of perceived existential problem that you've got that's fine go ahead enjoy that but if you would rather not there are ways out of not look you guys 
are driving home from work and a love song comes on the radio and you start crying, mm. maybe that's low test. Think about it. And uh, I think you'll be shocked at how much of a difference it makes immediately in your daily life. Give it some thought. Mike, thanks so much again. Yeah, you're and, welcome. My and, pleasure anytime. And we'll talk to you again soon. And thank you guys for watching us here on Starting Strength Radio.